Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report Podcast. My name is Brandon Ramsey and I am here once again to bring you everything that you need to know about today's Kentucky opponent, the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, Tennessee comes into this evening's game ranked number 11 overall in the country. They are 12-4 and four and 5-4 and four in the SEC so far this season. Um, Dating back to the beginning of the year, they um, actually started off on the non-active coronavirus list, whatever you want to call it. Um, they had their first four games all canceled, including a, a marquee showdown in Indianapolis against Gonzaga that was supposed to happen on December 2nd. Um, but Coach Rick Barnes, uh, obviously Tennessee's head coach, former longtime head coach of Texas, um, he had tested positive. I think it might have crept into the team itself as well there at the beginning of the season, um, and they had to shut things down. So they didn't get started uh, until December 8th, but once they did get started, they really were rolling this season. Um, Tennessee was selected um, narrowly ahead of Kentucky um, to finish first in the preseason um, in in the Southeastern Conference, so they were the, the, the preseason favorites. And what was left of their non-conference schedule um, – they they absolutely rolled through and really turned some heads of some people nationally. Uh, they beat Colorado, they beat Cincinnati, and then went on a, a spree of beating up on, admittedly, some cupcake teams, but still, I mean, they, they had a 103-49 to 49 win. They had a 102-66 to 66 win. They beat Appalachian State 79-38, and they were just absolutely rolling people um, in in their five-game um or in their six-game non-conference schedule that was left after they had to cancel some games, but um, you know they, they were holding teams in the in the fifties and forties. They were scoring a hundred points, and you know p- people thought, okay, this is this is a legitimate Final Four team. Um, and they came into SEC play and immediately beat Missouri, who I believe was undefeated at the time, seventy-three to fifty-three, and that even solidified that um, that much more for for the Vols that they were really a team to be reckoned with this year. Um, however, like I said, they are just five and four in the conference now, and, and, and that comes on the back of losing three of their last five games. So they, they certainly have not been playing great as of late. When you watch them on film, it's just really hard to, to put your thumb on what exactly they're going to bring on a night-to-night basis. Um, I went back and watched their last three games in preparation for for Kentucky's game on Saturday night, and um, it's it, it kind of looks like you're watching two different teams. Um, on on January 26th uh, against against Mississippi State, they won 56-53 in a super ugly game. I mean, that's kind of how Mississippi State wants to play, but you know, Tennessee couldn't really score. I think they were three for 19 um, from three point range. Yeah, three for 19. They shot 37 percent from the field overall. I mean, obviously they found a way to win, um, but it was just ugly and they, they couldn't get anything going on the offensive end, but just, you know, when you hold teams to 53 points, obviously gives you a chance to win every game. Then they came out and kind of just beat the doors off of Kansas in in the big 12 sec challenge. They, they beat them 80 to 61. Um, there, there were times in the game where it wasn't even that close and Tennessee was firing on all cylinders. They were shutting Kansas down, held them to 37.7% shooting. Tennessee shot over 52%. They were 8 for 13 from deep, 16 for 17 from the free throw line. 
really one of the most complete games they had played all season in terms of knocking down some threes and also being really efficient around the pass. I mean, you had Hughes Pons that was seven for nine. Fulkerson was five for eight. Um, you know, everybody was contributing uh, with four guys in double figures um, in in that game. But then they came, they turned right back around in their last game out this Tuesday down in Oxford at Ole Miss. They lost 52 to 50 in, in a game that uh, would even make Kentucky fans think that we're a good offensive team. I mean, but, but, but both, it was just an absolute rock fight. Neither team could do anything on the offensive end. Ole Miss shot 39.2%. Uh, Tennessee shot 35.6. Um, Tennessee only scored 22 points in the second half. I mean, that, they were winning most of the game, and then Ole Miss kind of stole it in the in the last five or so minutes. But um, Tennessee was 5 for 20 from the field in the second half of that Ole Miss game. So that's something to think about coming into tonight's game at Rupp Arena, that you know, the, the last time out on the basketball court, the last half of basketball that Tennessee's played, they shot 5 for 20. And Ole Miss is a solid defensive team, and they play a similar style to Tennessee where they slow it down a little bit, try to make it a half-court game, but it's not like Ole Miss is all that great, and they just absolutely shut down Tennessee and what they were wanting to do offensively. Um, so they, they certainly have their offensive struggles of late, but like I said, they also put up 80 on Kansas in a 19-point victory. So you don't you don't necessarily know what, what you're getting when the Vols um, come out there on the court, but on the defensive side, they are quite simply one of the best teams in the country. They're sixth nationally in scoring defense. Um, they're only allowing 58.9 points per game. They're 21st in the country in field goal percentage defense, holding opponents to 39.3% shooting. Um, one of the things also that allows them to uh, to steal some of these low-scoring close games is that they they do a very good job at taking care of the basketball. Uh, they only turn the ball over 11.6 times per game, which is the best number or the fewest turnovers in the SEC. Um, so that, that they do take care of the ball. They're able to get a shot every time down the court, which, you know, I talk about this all the time with Kentucky. When your offense isn't that good, um, you, you really need to, to value your possessions and make the, most of every, uh, make, make the most out of every opportunity you have on the offensive end. Um, but, Tennessee has a lot of returning guys, you know, from, from last year, they got John Fulkerson back still. He was an all SEC player, um, playing at a, playing at a pretty high level. Again, right now they got used ponds back who decided not to enter into the NBA draft. And then you couple that in with a couple, um, really, really good freshmen. They got two five-star freshmen, which we'll talk about more as we dive into the personnel. They got a couple transfers as well. So, this is a this is a veteran team with a nice um, infusion of some young talent. So th- coming into the year, there was a lot of hype around Tennessee. I wasn't buying the hype as much just because, yes, they returned a lot of players and they brought in some freshmen, but still, you know, this was a team that was only 17 and 14 a year ago, 9 and 9 in the conference. So I, I just never understood necessarily why everybody was so excited about a team bringing back a bunch of guys that weren't all that successful just a year ago. Um, and you know, I, I hope that next year Kentucky's able to bring back some guys, and I do think that will make you better as freshmen turn into sophomores, sophomores turn into juniors, et cetera. But, but there comes a time when you, know, you, you don't just magically become a great basketball player because you become a junior or senior. And I think there's some people who are buying into that a little bit too much for t- 
with Tennessee this year, and that's why I'm personally not all that shocked that they're five and four on the season, just because I don't think that their players are actually um, all that great. To be completely honest, like I, 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 I never once thought this was a Final Four team, and and I certainly uh, don't feel that way today. However, they certainly are solid. You know, when you can be one of the best defensive teams in the country and play without turning the ball over, you're going to give yourself a chance to win every game, and that's why they're 12 and four. You know, they they have they have guys that play their role, and that they don't have a single player on their on their team averaging over 11 points per game. They're very balanced. Everybody plays to their strengths. They know what they do best, and they and they all guard the heck out of you. So, you know, Kentucky certainly will have their hands full tonight. Um, when the ball gets tipped against against the Volunteers, obviously it's a bit of a rivalry game as well. Um, and Kentucky is sitting at five and eleven, so there's there's really nothing easy um, for the for the Wildcats this year. Uh, but hopefully in Rupp Arena we're able to um, play a little better. Hopefully, you know, especially this season. And I I talked about this a little bit in my written scouting report, which you'll see on KentuckySportsRadio.com later this afternoon. But you know, Kentucky should be playing extremely free at this point, you know, the, at, at five and 11 tournament chances are out the door besides winning the SEC tournament. There's no reason to go out there and have fun. Like you're playing open gym. Now that doesn't mean you're not executing a plan or that you're going out there with, um, you know, playing within a set of rules or whatever that uh, a game plan that coach Cal and the staff lay out. But when you take a shot, like there's not a whole lot of risk if you pull up from three right now, because, Okay, you you miss it, and maybe we miss a bunch of them. We lose another game. Well, okay, now we're five and twelve instead of five eleven. Um, you know, these guys should be playing with a lot of with a lot of freedom right now because we're just trying to get better and put ourselves in the best chance, of put ourselves in the best position to to make a run in the SEC tournament. So I hope that, especially at home, um, kind of that freeing mentality that we should be playing with now leads to a victory over the Volunteers, but. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about what they do offensively. Um, Santiago Vescovi, he's still their point guard. Um, joined them around the, the semester break last year. Um, international kid came over, um, immediately took the reins at point guard and had a very good freshman season. Uh, picked up right where he left off this year. But um, Tennessee comes down, and they're going to be in um, – even off of makes, they're going to run some semblance of like a secondary break every time down the court. They really like to reverse the ball through the trail spot on the perimeter and then set a staggered double screen away from the ball um, for for somebody to come off of that double. What they do a lot is they'll curl the first screen in the staggered double and then bring the first screener off that other down screen. Um, and, it, and it's just a way to kind of get, get some initial movement, get get the ball reversed, change sides of the floor, early in the possessions and, and, and make the defense move. I mean, they, they obviously are looking to score off of that when the opportunity presents itself. And it's also meant to um, take up some, uh, get the defense looking that way, occupy the uh, occupy the help side defenders so that they can look inside uh, to John Fulkerson, who's constantly posting on the block. So w- when they have that stag- staggered double, occupying three defenders over there on, on one side, then obviously somebody has the ball at the top of the key or off to the left wing, whatever, and they're looking to throw the ball inside as that action is going on away from the basketball. So almost every possession is going to start with Vescovi driven the ball down the court. He's going to poke and prob and try to get the, try to get the ball in towards the paint. Um, Fulkerson's going to 
Fulkerson's going to seal off his man, try to duck in right at the front of the rim. Um, and if they don't get anything right then, then he's going to throw back out to the trail spot and they're into their staggered double away from there. And, and this is pretty, pretty free, free flowing kind of four round one motion at that point. They do set some random ball screens within their motion. Um, a lot of their guys do look to slip some ball screens. Um, so like, especially use ponds when he's setting a ball screen, he'll try to dive to the basket and get a catch as he's going to the rim. Um, they have a few different set plays as well that they like to uh, like to go to. They have some cross screening action that they'll that they'll run to get Fulkerson a look on the block. Um, they have a diagonal back screen that they'll run um, quite a bit. They'll they'll certainly run that for Ponds as well. But they actually really like to run it for number eleven, Jaden Springer, who's a freshman form. He's a big, strong, athletic guard. They like to get him the ball around the basket as well, and in that staggered double stuff that I was talking about, sort of out of a secondary alignment, he'll slip um, w- when he's the screener, he'll slip to the basket or, he, or if he's the cutter, he'll back cut to the basket off of that staggered double looking to catch the ball around the, uh, around the rim. And he'll, he'll play with his back to the basket. Some score it over his left shoulder in the post of, um, despite being a guard. Some of the things, some of the things you have to be ready for um, with them offensively, as always throughout the day, I'll have um, some clips and some video breakdowns of what they like to do offensively, some of their favorite set plays and actions um, on my Twitter, um, at KSR. Also, as always, that'll be out in written form with, with full video breakdowns and analysis on um, KentuckySportsRadio.com when I release the, the, the scouting report this afternoon. Um, so you can check more of all that stuff out there. Um, but diving into the personnel, um, starting at point guard, they're going to have number 25, Santiago Vascovi. He's a 6'3", 188-pound sophomore point guard, currently averaging 8.7 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 3.1 assists per game. Um, he actually leads the SEC in assist-to-turnover ratio with um, a 1.7 number. Uh, so he, he takes care of the ball and is, is a good playmaker uh, for his teammates. Um, he, he's, he's a lefty, common, common theme throughout the volunteers lineup uh, five of their um, primary eight or nine rotation are all lefties. So there's something to be aware of, but Viscovi is one of those lefties. He's absolutely a shooter. We got to take away threes from him. 79 of 109 shots have been threes for him. So we got to be tight to him at all times. Take away the three point shots. Got to get over the ball screens and handoffs. You will shoot them behind. Um, if you go under, you got to chase him off of all of other screening action if he's the cutter coming off of a staggered double. Certainly got to chase him off of that. Be ready to switch if there's space. Um, tighten up to him as the ball is driven towards you. Um, he will look to drive it left once you take away those initial catch-and-shoot threes, but we definitely want to make him drive it. So you can close out to him all the way into his all the way into his body, make him put it on the ground, make him drive it, shooting the same percentage from two as he is from three. Um, so we definitely want to make him uh, score it from two. He'll shoot, shoot the little pull-up jumper. He'll shoot some floaters, uh, especially going to his left. So just be ready to get your hands up and contest all that stuff. Make him score with you between him and the basket. Um, next, you got number 11, Jaden Springer, who I just briefly mentioned already. He's a 6'4", 204-pound freshman guard. Uh, he's a five-star kid coming out of high school. He was ranked number 16 overall in the 2020 class. He was a McDonald's All-American Really talented combo guard, uh, 9.6 points a game, 3.1 rebounds, 2.7 assists right now. Uh, super strong, very physical 
player, especially for a freshman. Uh, definitely more of a driver than a shooter at this point. we got to take away the right-hand drives. No right-hand drives for him. We want to close out a step or two short, but definitely with high hands to deter that initial catch-and-shoot. because he, he is 9 for 16 from deep on the season, so he's shooting a really good percentage, taking about 1-3 per game, or exactly 1-3 per game right now. Um, so we, we, we want to deter and don't just you know dare him to shoot threes, but he's definitely thinking more about driving it, and we want to protect against that right-hand drive. So close out a little bit short, but with high hands to just take away that initial um, catch-and-shoot. You can go under the ball screens and handoffs. You can go up through some of the other screening action, definitely help off off of him when he doesn't have it, but then be aware for him back cutting to the basket because, like I said, he will um, cut in there quite a bit to try to catch it on the block. Um, when he does get it around the basket, likes to shoot a little turnaround jumper, um, right hand over left shoulder. So be physical with him, try to get him off the block, make sure you have a hard contest to anything that he shoots in there around the basket. Um, and number 45, Keon Johnson, another freshman guard for them, 6'5", 186 pounds. Averaging nine points, 2.9 rebounds, 2.2 assists per game. He's their other five-star um, guy in this class, ranked number 22 overall in his class. He was the number one player in Tennessee. Decided to stay home and play for, for Coach Barnes. Um, super, super athletic wing, really explosive athlete. Definitely more of a driver than a shooter, just like Springer. Um, he's, he's only six for 23 from three, so we definitely want to close out short to him. Um, still, still have your hands up, but definitely closing out short, protecting against that right hand drive. Um, he um, he does really like to shoot the the pull up jumpers though. Once he starts driving it, so he 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 really 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 wants to get to his right hand. So he's gonna he's gonna catch it once you take away that initial catch and shoot by still closing out short with high hands. He's gonna drive it right, try to just elevate up over you uh, to score it from from ten to twelve feet. So just get your hands up. Give it a really hard contest, and, and um, don't don't let him just elevate up over you comfortably and, and score it with, with with his pull up jump shots. But definitely taking away the right hand drives by closing out short. Um, he'll he'll fly in there, try to offensive rebound. So got to box him out. Um, and really, the goal is no layups for him. He's he's an explosive athlete. He can fly in there. You know, it takes him one one dribble really to get from the three point line to the rim. So we gotta. You got to stay back off of him, um, keep him between you and the basket, make him score over you. Then you got number 35, Yves Pons, 6'6, 215 pound senior forward, averaging 9.4 points, 4.8 rebounds per game. Um, Kentucky fans should remember this guy um, a lot. He's, uh, he's a lefty, extremely athletic. He's one of the strongest guys in the conference, just an absolute physical specimen. Um, he's Extremely athletic around the hoop. He's going to try to drive it left. Um, you can definitely close out short to him as well. He's a capable shooter, 11 for 36 from a three, but definitely closing out short. Get your hands up um, to, to deter that initial catch and shoot. He's more willing um, than he's even been in the past, but and he's improving as a shooter, but still just 11 made threes this year. So want to protect against that left-hand drive. Uh, bounce back once you do take away the initial catch and shoot and guard against that left-hand drive. Um, if he does start going right, he's always coming back left to finish over his right shoulder or spinning back to his left to lay it in. Um, it's got to be really physical with him as he drives it or if he catches it around the hoop. Uh, likes to shoot a little turnaround jumper um, over his right shoulder as well, so give that a really hard contest. Make him miss it um, and make him score with you between him and the basket. Got to take away the dunks and layups from him, make it really hard for him to score 
around the basket. Um, when he does catch it in there, we can certainly give some help as well. Um, if you're guarding Keon Johnson or if you're guarding Springer, you know, get in there, kind of dig dig at him, try to make him pick it up, try to make him give it up, and uh, don't let him get super comfortable around the hoop because he, he is athletic and strong enough to really be a matchup problem in there. So he's looking to score with his left hand over his right shoulder, got to box him out, averaging about two offensive rebounds per game. Um, he's also the reigning SEC Defensive Player of the Year, excellent all-around defender that can guard five positions. He's looking to block your shot. Uh, he has 100 blocks um, in the last 47 games. Um, he's I think he's fourth right now in the SEC in in blocks per game. So you got to be ready to play off of two feet when you're around him. You know, show him the ball, shot fake, get him lifted, and then score around him. Rounding out the starting lineup, we have number ten John Fulkerson, six nine, two hundred fifteen pound redshirt senior forward. Uh, he's the leading scorer at eleven points per game, five point nine rebounds, one point eight assists per game. I know he's a little bit of a villain now for Kentucky fans. Uh, last year, he had the he had the fun little headband that he wore with his with, with his hair pulled back. This year, he's gone with a more uh, buzz cut approach. Uh, but on the court, he's still as effective as ever. He's a really good player. Um, like I said, he is their leading scorer. Really looks to, looking to post up every time down the court. Um, he's he, he doesn't necessarily look like it, but he's really physical. Plays super hard. Gets great position by ducking you in, um, trying to seal you down low. Get a deep catch on the block wants to score everything with his left hand over his right shoulder. So you got to be physical on that shoulder, make him score it back into you with his left hand. Um, wants to catch it as deep as possible. Um, so you got to do your work early, try to push him off the block, make him come out a little bit further to catch it. Uh, his percentages will go down the further he catches it uh, from the basket. Um, one thing that he wants to do that is just really hard to guard is that he shoots a, a, a kind of a fall away, turnaround shot, um, turn it back into his left shoulder, and shoots it. He gets a really high release point, shoots it over his head. Um, and you, you just have to give that as hard of a contest as possible. You know, it's in some ways, it's almost like guarding a sky hook, you know, that you're, you're not going to block it, but you just got to contest it the best that you can. Try to make him shoot it from as far off the block as possible and get his percentages down that way and then be ready to rebound it. But he's got to give everything that he shoots a really hard contest. Um, he will face you up and, and try to drive it left especially if he gets the ball off the block further around the elbow. So be ready for him to drive it left, no left-hand drives. Also, he likes to, uh, if he's out on the perimeter and they're in some of their handoff stuff, especially if he's going to his left, he likes to fake the handoff and keep it, drive it left. So just be ready for that. Um, around the basket, though, just really try to keep him going to his right. Don't let him come back to his left hand, right shoulder to finish because that's what he's always looking to do. you got to stay down on some of his fakes around the hoop. He likes to show you the ball step through and finish with his left, um, likes to pivot around to try to get back to that right shoulder. So just stay down, wall up, and be physical with him, make him score it back into you. And you got to box him out as well. He's an excellent offensive rebounder. Um, then quickly, just to touch on some of their guys off the bench, because they do have a few more talented guys there, namely uh, number 12, Victor Bailey Jr., he's a transfer from Oregon, 6'4", 179-pound redshirt junior. He's actually their second-leading scorer. I mean, he started about half the games, but has been coming off the bench here recently. Uh, 10.4 points per game. He's very aggressive. He's taken the most shots on the team. Um, no catch-and-shoot threes for this guy. He is a pretty good three-point shooter. Uh, 69 of 133 shots have been threes. So be there on the catch. Take away those catch-and-shoots. Uh, then you got to guard against the left-hand drive. He's a really, really explosive athlete, uh, kind of like Keon Johnson. So you got to 
you got to bounce back once you do take away the three. Be ready for him to drive it left at you. Um, he'll he'll try to elevate up and shoot the jumper over you as well. He'll get all the way to the rim, fly in there, score it to your chest. Just get your hands up. Uh, don't bail him out by fouling. Try to make him score with you between him and the basket. Um, you, you, you do have to probably get over the ball screens and handoffs for him. you got to chase him off the other screening action because he is a good shooter, but, but, but then really be ready for him to drive it because he is – aggressive anytime he has the ball in ball in his hands he's thinking about um thinking about shooting so we we don't want to get blown by on your closeout but you're definitely closing out to take away that catch and shoot but then bouncing back to be ready for that left hand drive um and then number five josiah jordan james the sophomore guard 6'6 207 pounds um had a really good freshman season for him once he returned from an injury um, he's another shooter lefty no threes got to take away all the catch and shoots for him Get over the ball screens and handoffs because he will shoot behind if you go under. Got to chase him off the screening action as well and and then take away the left-hand drives um, on top of all that. He's a good player. Uh, second leading rebounder on the team, 5.8 rebounds, averaging two offensive rebounds per game. So you got to box him out, and he's just a really good rebounder from the guard position. Uh, so just be ready for that. But, again, both of these guys that come off the bench, and they have a couple backup forwards that they'll play as well. Uh, but – Number five, Josiah Jordan James. Number 12, Victor Bailey Jr. Those are certainly the most dangerous guys off the bench, and they're both lefties also. So that's number 25, Vescovi. You got number 35, Hughes Ponds. You got number 10, Fulkerson. You got number five, James. And you got number 12, Victor Bailey Jr. That's five lefties in their primary rotation. And I know it seems a little elementary, but you you know uh, more guys are right-handed than left-handed, and you, you can't, by a lack of concentration, give up a left-handed bucket in the post for Fulkerson or give up a left-handed bucket around the basket for Pons or let Vescovi or James or Bailey Jr. drive it left because you're not concentrating on the fact that they want to go left instead of right. So we got to be disciplined, concentrate, and take away the left-handed drives and left-handed baskets um, from these guys that want to go left. So that's the breakdown of their primary personnel. They'll go eight or nine deep, uh, but those seven are certainly the the, the main ones, um, and then on, on the defensive end, we've obviously already talked about uh, statistically where they rank in some of the categories towards the top of the country. They obviously are just a, a sound all-around defensive team. They're going to play man-to-man, but they will extend out into a 1-2-2 sort of half-court trap. It pick you up about three-quarters court and then really look to trap around half-court, so it's something to be ready for, especially after a free throw or out of timeouts. They will try to turn up the pressure some and and get a couple turnovers um, with that half-court trap. But on top of Yves Ponds, arguably being a, a, a two-time, you know, potentially he's going to be a two-time SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He's one of the 15 finalists for the National Defensive Player of the Year award this year. But then they have three guards in um, Josiah Jordan-James, Vescovi, and Jaden Springer. All three of those guys are averaging at least one steal per game, too. Um, so that... They definitely will make plays. They'll make it really hard for you to score. Um, and that's that's how they're winning games, especially as their offensive production has um, dipped a little bit here in the last few weeks. They've won they've won games by just slugging it out with you on the defensive end. And for, uh, for a lot of this season, that's that's been Kentucky's MO as well. Obviously, it hasn't been as successful. Tennessee's 12-4, and four, and Kentucky's obviously 5-11. and 11. Um, But... We have to be ready for this to turn into a turn into an ugly rock fight of a basketball game tonight because both teams are 
are good defensively and and not all that great offensively. So it'll be really interesting to see what the what the pace of play is tonight and and what things look like on the offensive end for both teams because um, whoever can uh, probably play a little bit above their level offensively is going to be the team that wins this game. Very likely that it'll be in the 50s or 60s, which you know probably plays to Kentucky's favor because Tennessee might still be the slightly more talented team. I really, like I said before, I, this isn't a knock on Tennessee. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm not meaning to talk bad about their players. I just don't think that they're nearly as good as as their ranking or some of the preseason hype that they had. Uh, I don't think their players are all that much better than ours. So we'll just see how that all plays out tonight. But uh, the ball will tip off tonight at 8 o'clock at Rupp Arena. So looking forward um, to seeing how the Cats play returning to home. Uh, this will actually be the the first game that I will be attending in person this season. So really looking forward to being at Rep Arena, seeing some of the updates they've done to, to the place um, this season. Um, also tonight I am planning on jumping on the locker room app um, to do some live reactions after the game. I know I talked about that after the Missouri game, but quite frankly I was too frustrated after watching that. And I, I think that regardless of what happened in this game, I'll – go ahead and jump on there to, to break down what um, what happened during the game. So you can find me on the locker room app. Um, uh, it's at bramsey underscore KSR. Uh, so give me a follow on there and da- download that app. Again, it's the locker room app, and I'm at bramsey underscore KSR. Obviously, follow me on Twitter as well, at bramseyKSR. I'll have a full day of coverage leading up to tonight's game there. And then also look out on KentuckySportsRadio.com for my scouting report to be up there where you can see some of the videos of what I'm talking about that they do offensively, some additional personnel breakdowns and everything. Uh, so you can find that on KSR later, and obviously I'll tweet out that link as well. Um, so that, that'll that be it on the Tennessee Volunteers. Looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, please download the podcast, subscribe to it if you have not already. Leave a review if you do feel so inclined. And enjoy the game tonight. Go Cats!